listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information about Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join Pastor David Hilton for this week's message. Well, if you got your Bibles, turn to John chapter 12. And um, the title of my message is, It's the Beginning, Not the End. In John chapter 12. Verse 23, and Jesus answered them saying, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains by itself alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it. He who hates his life in this world shall keep it to life eternal. And there is a principle set in motion right there throughout the entire Bible, and it's sowing and reaping. And throughout the entire Bible, you see this principle at work in every area of our life. If a seed goes in the ground and dies, then it remains, it, it, it won't remain alone, but it'll bear fruit. Now, a lot of seed goes in the ground and just rots. But the thing about a seed is a seed, when it goes in the ground, it's real hard and it's real dry, but then when you add water to it, it softens it up, it cracks, and then it gives birth. Come on, it sprouts. That's the same way our lives are. It's the same way. Uh, it's a principle that is set in stone. Seed, time, and harvest. Everything starts with a seed. Everything does. And coming out of a culture of church where you say the natural thing to do is to say the prayer and then join the great sit-down, and then wait on heaven to come. And you just don't do anything, but just show up maybe every Sunday and get preached at. Come on, are y'all with me? See, this hasn't been, and we're coming out of that age of culture where that was the culture. And it hasn't been without controversy or struggle. Because here's the thing about that. Every time God does something and he begins to move, man, the devil don't like it. He does not like it at all. And going against the grain isn't very popular. Stepping out of comfort zone isn't very popular. Come on, are y'all with me? Listen, a lot of people have, when they hired on jobs... They have to sign this uh, disclosure that if they invent something, it ain't their own. That's tough. Come on, are y'all with me? And that just has become the norm. You got jobs where they don't, they, they got their ABCs. Come on, the guy you call that you can't understand on the phone. He's got his ABCs. And if it's outside that ABC, you might as well go on and speak to somebody else until you get to the person that's signing that guy's check because he can't make a decision out of A, B, or C. So usually on them kind of phone calls, I just say, hey, I need to talk to your supervisor. Well, can I help you? No, you ain't going to be able to help me. <laughs> See, we've created a system of that's normal. And our church has done that. Our church culture has done that. Listen, after Resurrection Sunday, we have to remember that's not the end of the story. That's not the end. God's kingdom can now come. His will can now be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
And when you say, we, see, we've said that so much that we've made that so normal, we've made that so comfortable that we don't even think about thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because when you start talking about heaven coming to earth, you start talking about supernatural, and we don't do supernatural. That's just too freaky. That's just way too much. Come on, are y'all with me in here? Listen, when things get freaky, we get freaked out because it's not normal. It's not our, it doesn't fit into our everyday Come on, are y'all with me? Matthew 27. See, there will always be those who will find fault in a move of God. There's always going to be your critics. There's always going to there's always going to be critics and they're going to be judgmental and they're always going to have their opinion. And their opinion is usually formed out of an old mindset. Come on that keeps them comfortable in their natural, normal environment. Man, are y'all with me in here? Matthew 27, verse 50. It'd probably help if I turned there. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Y'all know they couldn't kill him, right? He had to give it up. Because he was without sin. The wages of sin is death. He never sinned. He would have never died. Would still be alive today if he wouldn't have given it up. Come on, are y'all with me? And he yielded up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook. The rocks were split. The tombs were opened. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they entered the holy city and appeared to many. Now the centurion and those who were with him keeping guard over Jesus, when they saw the earthquake and things that were happening, became very frightened and said, truly this was the Son of God. Say that again, Big Jim. Look in verse 64, or 62. Now on the next day, which is the one after the preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together with Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that when he was still alive, the deceiver said, After three days I am to rise again. Therefore, give orders for the grave to be made secure until the third day, lest the disciples come and steal him away and say to the people, He has risen from the dead. And the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard, go. Make it as secure as you know how. And they went and made the grave secure along with the guard, they set a seal on the stone. 28 verse 8. Mary, the two Marys go to the tomb and there's an angel sitting on it. And he says in verse 7, Go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. They didn't even know what to feel. Come on, have you ever been there? It's too good to be true. This is too freaky. Now, we got a lot of stuff going on here. I mean, got a lot of stuff going on here. And the scribes and Pharisees are trying to put a lid on it. And they even tell those guards who saw all this going on, and I'm talking dead people running around, ghosts running around in the streets. And, and I mean, Moses walks by one of them. Could you imagine that scene? Could you imagine David coming down through there with his drawers on, praising God? It happened. I mean, there's lots of freaky stuff going on. Bar none. Freaky. Freaky. 
Come on, are y'all with me in here? Now, you got a choice. Deny, 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 deny. Or you're going to have to ponder what's going on here. See, sometimes, (laughs) oh, man. See, truth may not always be obvious because it's so absurd. Absurd? Absurd? Absurd. Sometimes the truth is so absurd that we just have a hard time wrapping our head around it. What do you mean? What? Do what? I'm telling you, man, the earthquake, the veil in the temple went, I'm talking about this big old thing just right down the middle. Sure, but I think Moses came by, and I'm dang sure right after Moses, David comes skipping through praising God on his way somewhere. I don't know where he went. Okay, look here. I'm going to pay you not to tell nobody about this. And here's what I'm going to tell you to say. His disciples came and stole him. Come on, the devil's always going to hire somebody out to rob you of a supernatural encounter of God in your life. (laughs) Come on, are y'all with me? That's why the principle of you dying to yourself has got to come into play. Because you're going to have to die to your natural reasoning, human, normal, comfort, life to be able to see thy kingdom come into your life to find out where true life comes from. Come on, man. Is anybody in here? John chapter 19. Listen, and here's the thing about all this, man. The devil don't care if you believe in Jesus on the cross. He don't want you to understand what happened after. (laughs) Because there was a transference that took place when Jesus died, when he went in the ground, when he died. Come on, are y'all with me? Listen, when you see an acorn, what do you see? Do you see a tree? Because what God seen was a forest. And that's when Jesus went in the ground and died. He was looking all the way to our day and beyond of what he was going to do in your life. Because he was dying. Come on. The same principle works in your life. See, Jesus on the cross is, has become in our church circles as the finish line. It ain't the finish line. When you come to Christ, it's the beginning. It ain't the end. And too many times we make it the finish line. And the enemy doesn't want you to understand that. Come on. He doesn't want you understanding he is not in that tomb anymore. And limit, listen, and here's the deal. You got a bunch of religious folks here sitting there constantly telling you a lie. And in our current political climate, you see how that works. You tell a lie long enough that you can wear people down to where they just ain't paying attention no more. Or where they just don't even care no more. And they don't know what to believe. They don't know what's the truth anymore. Who's lying? Who's not? You got the media over here. You got... Listen, we see this, what was going on here, working in... It's the same thing. The devil doesn't know how to do anything new except lie and deceive and call the truth the deception. Oh, man, come on. Some, y'all going to have to start getting more Pentecostal charismatic in here. 
<laughs> oh, my goodness. John 19. Verse 30. When Jesus, therefore, had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now listen. Jesus' end was our beginning. It wasn't that we're just finished and that's it and there's nothing. Listen. The ministry that Jesus died and gave up his spirit for lives in us. That just, and our work is still ahead of us. If we don't do the work of the ministry, if we don't continue to the work of service, church is no more. The church is no more. Listen, look where just the one man master pastor theory got us. Nowhere. It's gotten us nowhere. It takes all of us to do the work of the ministry. It ta- Listen, our kids will never know. Our grandkids will never know of this Jesus unless we, come on, volunteer. Unless we help. Unless we put on play days. Unless we do, come on, are y'all with me? Let's. We are the hands and the feet. Come on. See, we've all got a part in this. And it's what makes the body move through time. Is we're all doing it. Come on, this deal trusting my kids to the to the teacher at school or to the uh trusting my kids' spiritual well-being to the Sunday school teacher, those days are over. If my mama would have known what my Sunday school teacher was teaching us, nothing. Our Sunday school teacher didn't teach us nothing. We sat in there, and he would look through the book. Half the time, I would go to Safeway grocery store and get me some donuts. I was in elementary. I had a job in elementary, so I could go buy donuts. I mowed yards. I had cash in my pocket. Dang right. (laughs) Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, Safeway. Anybody know what Safeway is anymore? I didn't learn anything. That's sad. He was just babysitting us. Come on, are y'all in here? He sowed his spirit, his body. Listen, his end was simply our beginning. See, the devil is always going to try and stop us from going forward. He never wants you to get a hold of that principle of dying to live. He, He don't want you to get a hold of that principle that I have to die to live. I'll never forget. I was whining one day, you know, when I first got saved. We do that. We, we whine. Because it's like we get saved and it's like all of a sudden we, you know, in, in the era I grew up of church, it was everything you was having to give up. And I was like, man, I'm ready to get back to riding bulls. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I, I, I want to do, you know, and I'm just sitting there whining, you know. And I'll never forget a car whooped in front of me, and and I had to kind of hit my brakes. And on there was a bumper sticker, and it said "Jesus first. And I was like, huh. "Okay, here's your sign." And so, once I start, I mean, it's it's amazing the things that I look back on that God began to teach me. Jesus first. You start putting him first, you start dying to yourself, and I, I'll make this better than you ever thought. And as I begin to die to myself, you know, I remember sitting in church and, 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 and looking at my clock because they were going to start 
bucking bulls at one o'clock practicing on Sunday and the preacher's getting long-winded about 12.30ish or so. And I mean, I checked out. I'm like, I didn't think you could swing a gate in an arena without me. That's how bad it was. And God worked me through him first. Come on. And then what he gave back to me was, has been far more than anything I could have ever imagined. Come on, are y'all with me? Acts 13. Uh-oh. <laughs> In the Acts. This is, this is the gospel in action. <laughs> Acts 13, 41. Paul, well, look what it says. Behold, you scoffers. In other words, behold, you critics, you fault finders. That's what he's saying here. Behold, you critics and you fault finders. He's saying, you study long and you study hard. He says, you marvel and perish. You're going to go on and disappear. For I am accomplishing a work in your days, a work which you will never believe, though someone should describe it to you. In other words, you're not going to believe it even when it's right in your face. Because it's going to be so abnormal. It's going to be so out of the box. It's going to be so supernatural. You're going to go, there's no way that's God. And I'm telling you right now, we've got a move that's moving across. I don't, there's no telling how many thousands of people since 2020 have been baptized in California. When they're trying to lock it down, shut it down, stuff them in their houses, they're out on the beach baptizing people by the thousands. You wouldn't believe it if it was right in your face. Come on, are y'all with me? See, the kingdom of darkness doesn't want you to experience the work and purpose for which Jesus came and paid his life for you to live. The kingdom of darkness just wants that, you in the dark. They don't want, he don't want you knowing. See, the enemy will always hire people out. He'll always try to deceive. He'll always try to sow seeds of doubt. And the seeds of doubt, sadly, come mostly through religious people. Oh, the finished work of the cross. That's all there is. Come on. Listen, Paul's fixing to leave. Look in Acts chapter 20. Paul is fixing to leave Ephesus, and he's throwing a warning out because he knows what's going to happen. And in verse 29, he says, I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Last week, we seen where he called religious folks some dogs. See, Paul understood that if I'm going to make my point, and if I'm going to be this stir stick that God's called me to be, you're going to have to be in, it's going to have to be in your face for you to understand there's some religious people that are going to come in like ravenous wolves to devour what the Holy Spirit is doing. And from among your own selves, men will arise. Come on, are y'all with me? I have seen that. 16 years of pastoring this church right here, I've seen the ravenous wolves rise up in a month, get so religious and forget their own adulterating and own sinful past and want to come against. Come on, are y'all with me in here? I've seen it. 
and they get so religious and they get so doggone uh, holier than thou that they forget what they come out of. And they have no compassion for the people who are trying to work out their salvation with fear and trembling. And then they want to come hammer us because we have compassion and mercy on them so that we can watch them grow. And let the power and the divine nature come on as they begin to die to themselves, as they begin to die to their own thinking, as they begin to die to grow and bear fruit. They don't want them to bear fruit. They want to shut it down. Come on, man. Speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Can I tell you, I can't tell you how many times people come here and, grew, and change their life and then leave here and take four or five families with them and next thing you know, they all hate each other. They don't even speak anymore. That ain't happened just one time here. That's happened several. Come on. Those are the wolves that come in and try to devour. Come on. Therefore, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for a period of three years I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. Come on, that's the one thing that's the saddest thing about that. They don't want you built up. They don't want you knowing that there's more that God did and that Jesus died on the cross, that you may have life and life abundantly. to build you up and to give you the inheritance. You have an inheritance. His thoughts are innumerable towards you. Can you imagine that? So many people just see one side of God. One side. When the angels 24-7 are around the throne going, holy, 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 holy are you. Because every time they make a trip around that throne, they see a different side of God they've never seen before. And all they can say is, holy are you, Lord God. Holy are you, Lord God. Holy are you, Lord God. How can we say that we can understand just one principle of God when he allows us to be who we are to be able to see him like we've never seen him before? He wants us to experience so many different facets of who he is. We can't even wrap our minds around it. And we say, oh, that was it. Everything was done on the cross. Just be happy you're going to heaven, you sinner. Sit down and join the great sit down. Oh, man, it just drives me nuts. There's no incentive to die to yourself. When God is about the reward. Listen, we all think that David was this holy guy that God just feels. No, let me tell you, when he went to the giant, you know what the first thing he asked was? What's going to be my reward? If I go kill this guy, what do I get? Well, you're going to get the king's daughter and no taxes. I'm in. Right? That's motivation to kill your giant. What is your giant? It doesn't matter what your giant is. Look at the reward. 
for killing your giant and don't sit there and struggle with that pornography. Kill it. Oh, I know. Die to yourself and go kill the giant. Mark chapter 10. I'll just, let me read through some of these. Gee, ah, let me, I better turn there. No, let me just read it. Put it up. Jesus said, truly I say to you, there's no one who has left. Ha- no, man, we got to go there. <laughs> oh, man, I'm telling you. This is what this is what this is what I struggle with because I'm like going, man, I've got I've got all these plans, I got all these dreams. I, I want to have a ranch, I want to have bulls, I want to do this, I want to I'm like, golly, you know, and the whole time God's going, just give it up. If you'll give it up. And I'm like going, man, but I, I just want to hang on to what I got right here. And what I thought I had was something was nothing. It was nothing. And then it's amazing when you read the Bible what's in it. Mark chapter 10, verse 29. Jesus said, truly I say to you, there's no one. Everybody say, I'm no one. Who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or farms? Man, I love, he put that in there just for me. For my sake and for the gospel's sake, but that he shall receive a hundred times as much now in the present. Come on, in the present. So see, it's not just about giving everything up and sitting down waiting on heaven. He says, let me tell you something. If you'll get the principle of dying to yourself, I will give and follow me my way. He said, I'll give it back to you a hundred times. You just think. Come on. I've got three kids and seven grandkids, but I've got a whole nother host of sons and daughters and grandkids because we chose to, to die to ourselves and allow them to invade our house anytime they wanted. Come on, are y'all with me? And I look around this room and I see them sitting here. Come on. Way more than I could ever even imagine. Come on, man. Are y'all with me? You, you'll never know on weekends who shows up at our place. I woke up one time. I said, Wendy, there's somebody on the couch. Who is that? I don't know who, I don't recognize that boy. Who is that? I don't know. He had his face to the back of the couch. I don't know who it is. I don't know who he is, but he barely fits on my couch. See, when it's all about what we give up, there's no incentive to sow. Come on. Because we don't think there's a reward. See, you have no idea of the spiritual gifts, the creative ability, and the financial ability that will be unlocked when you learn this principle of sowing and reaping. It's not just financial. It is spiritual. It is the gifts. It's it's everything, come on, that will be unlocked in your life through the principle of dying to yourself and trusting and following him. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. Things which eyes not seen, ears not heard, and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. 
Come on. Matthew 7. If you then, in verse 11, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? Come on. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. Harvest will come. you got to keep cultivating and keep sowing. It drives me nuts when people say, Oh, I've been praying for a week and I ain't seen nothing. I tithed one time and I didn't see nothing. And you won't. <laughs> right? <laughs> Ephesians 4.11. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors, teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body. See, we are all in need of equipping. We're all in need of being equipped for the work of service. See, we're all called into service. And listen, it may not be something that you do all the time. It may be something that just breaks loose in you to figure out what you're going to do. Right? It just may be something that you well... And, and, hey, some of y'all know you ain't called to the nursery. If you don't like kids, that's not where you're called. We may put you in the parking lot. And if you can't smile, you're not going to be on the door greeting people. If you're grumpy, good morning. You're not on the door. But if you're happy and you smile and you're like, welcome to DCC, you're hired. Well, you ain't hired, you just volunteered. Yeah. Come on, are y'all with me? We're all called, need to be equipped. 2 Thessalonians 1.1, to this end also we pray for you always that our God may count you worthy of your calling and fulfill every desire. Wow, what? Fulfill every desire for goodness? God wants all our desires for goodness to be fulfilled? Wait a minute. I thought God wanted us to just not have desires and be passionate. Why would God put that emotion in you? That desire and passion, no, uh, the problem is, is that there's a pervert out there and he perverts desires and passions and those things got to get saved, y'all. And once our desires and our passions get turned towards God's will, whoo, man, now we're living life. Come on. Now we're living life. See, my desire and my passion for bulls, I could sit for hours and just watch one. I just don't know what it is about them. I mean, every little thing, they're, uh, they're, the way they move, the way they Look through their eyes. They're, they're, I mean, when a fly lands on one and he... I mean, it's just fascinating to me. And to watch them as they bow up in their characteristics. I can just sit there and watch them all day. And I have. And wasted a lot of time. I've quit a lot of jobs. Come on. To play the game. And once God began to work on those desires and passion where I seen a purpose for the kingdom in it, then it wasn't in vain. Come on, man. Are y'all in here with me? And now there's people's lives that have been touched and changed. Do y'all know we did a bull riding school one year and a, and a young man from Mississippi came and he joined us and he wasn't going to be, 
Come on, there's some things you just, boy, you're too big, you're too fat to be a bull rider. You, you just think you're not going to make it. Come on, are y'all with me? Do you know he paid again the next year to come just for the fellowship? Hey, we gave him his money back. We said, boy, just come. Come on, that's purpose. That's desire and passion fulfilled. And I'm telling you, as many times as I've been to the NFR, the PBR finals, the greatest rodeos in the United States, when we did that first school and those young men's lives were changed, I was, I was like, I don't have to do any, I don't have to go to none of that ever again. Because there was something that, it was like full circle, man. It was like, God, I get it, God. I get it now. And so everything we've done since then has always had a thy kingdom come purpose. I'll never forget walking around that room praying for those young men and the next morning waking up and one of the young men was gone because God touched him so much he had to go home and repent to his wife for not being a good husband. Left the school early. Come on now. Only God, only the Holy Spirit can do stuff like that. That's living life with passion and purpose and seeing thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth. That's supernatural. That's not natural. Come on, and that can happen to anybody, but you're going to have to die to yourself. And then you step into the finished work that begins your life. Come on, man. Then it puts purpose to your life when you're willing to walk through the process and allow God to squeeze you down and get you out of the way so that he can put his super on your natural because eyes not seen and ears not heard what all he's prepared for you you just think your business or you just think what you do right now is good, you wait till you die to yourself and you give it to God and put Him first and allow Him to squeeze it down. You have no idea what He can do. It says, fulfill every desire for goodness and the work of faith with power. The work of faith with power. We've made Christianity so powerless that it's almost unnatural and freaky when we start seeing the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. Come on, are y'all with me? See, he finished his work, but ours is still happening. The church of Christ Jesus can't move forward if we don't do the work of the ministry. And here's the thing I want to tell you. God is always going to do something that's always going to freak you out and scare you. But let me tell you something. It will inspire and people will remember it. Last NFR, I can't tell you in near 40 years of how many calf roping runs that I have seen in my life. Countless runs that I have seen a calf roper make. I can remember two. Actually, I take that back. I can remember four. I remember when they broke the arena records in the Thomas and Mac. I was there. It was electrifying. 
It was amazing. And I remember one in Phoenix, Arizona at the Coors Shootout and Cody Oil had a calf jump this high under his chin and he still made the run and tied and won. And the calf was right here. I remember that. And this NFR, a guy roped his calf twirling his rope backwards. I don't remember any other run at the NFR, but I remember a guy that over and under his horse and then instead of roping this way, went this way. See, it's not, a calf roping's a calf roping. But when you do something so out of the ordinary that you stand out, I remember that. When Peter got out of the boat, we still talk about that. Because it's so out of the natural. It's not the calf roping that inspires us. It's not that. It's, what did he just rewind that? That's what inspires us. When somebody's willing to do something unique and stand out and touch the monkey. Come on, are y'all with me? So we can either just fit in to the old church culture or we can step out say, God, how do you want to use me? You want me to walk on water? Okay. We always laugh at Coy Huffman all the time because he tried walking on the swimming pool at the motel and got his, no, he didn't get his boots wet. He took his boots off and I said, what kind of faith is that? But he tried. You know, he's like, <laughs> Come on, what are you going to do? What's Jesus calling you out to do? It may just be just telling somebody, hey, Jesus loves you. Listen, little by little, God will begin to work things through you to show you how awesome he is. How awesome he is. He's more than just this long bearded guy up there walking around on a cane. Isn't that what we always thought God was? No, man. God's way more than that. The Holy Spirit may just be calling you out on the water. See, and that's dying to yourself. The saddest thing to me is there was 11 other guys in that boat. And instead of going, hey, me too, me too. See, the problem is, is that we get to watching somebody struggle with their humanity. Peter, I'm telling you, Peter just didn't get out and walk on the water. Like, I'm sure Peter was doing some of this business. See, sometimes stepping out of the boat is a struggle. And so we have to realize, hey, we're still human, but God... He's always there to catch us, right? Come on, man. Y'all stand with me. See, going against your own human, natural human reasoning, it's, it's not comfortable. It doesn't make sense to trust God. Sometimes it just doesn't make sense to trust God. To see God put his super on our natural. It doesn't make sense to leave your home. It doesn't make sense to drive from New York four days just to get baptized. 
Come on. But she did. <laughs> John said, wait a minute, I did all the driving. <laughs> Prayed the <to> way. <laughs> Yo, hey, that's right. Born in Texas. <laughs> Oh, man. Come on. Make this the Sunday that you've been resurrected. Come on. Make this the Sunday to where it's the beginning, not the end. It's the beginning, not the end. What is he calling you to get involved with? Maybe it's to just take cookies to your neighbors. Come on, when's the, how many of y'all even know your neighbors? It's amazing to me how many people don't know their neighbors. <laughs> Jess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Reese, I need some cookies. Father, we come to you. Lord, we thank you that so much more happened. And Lord, we just sit here this morning. We're not going to be talked out of what you can do. Even if it freaks us out. Even if it makes us uncomfortable. Lord, help us to die to ourselves that we may begin. That we're not giving up anything. We're just beginning. And Father, we thank you for this. Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory for what you're going to do right here in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love y'all. See you Wednesday. Thank you for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more, you can subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. If you would like to give towards our ministry, there are giving options available at dcctx.church. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.